when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri and welcome back to the Wannabe podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. You are listening to part two, Meet the Cartoonist with Lisa Hannawalt. I want to say a huge thank you for listening again. And if you're new and saw this podcast on the iTunes banner, welcome. I hope you get some incredible tips today. This week, I'm joined by Lisa Hannawalt, the producer and production designer of BoJack Horseman on Netflix. Lisa has published two books with Drawn and Quarterly, the first, My Dirty Dumb Eyes and The Hot Dog Taste Test. Lisa is the co-host of the Baby Geniuses podcast with comedian Emily Heller. She's won eight awards, including the Critics' Choice Award for BoJack Horseman twice. Fair warning, we cover some more mature themes in today's episode. Lisa and I discuss how she comes up with the ideas for her art and her use of wordplay. We explore how she developed her acute attention to detail and the questions she asks herself before creating the work. We talk about some of her quirks and how they influence the work she creates. And what you'll learn from this episode are novel ways that you can channel your anxiety, uh, the characteristics of a bad therapist so you can watch out, We talk about how her podcast Baby Geniuses got started and we touch on the anxiety you might experience around public speaking. This is one of the funnier episodes, so enjoy. Hi Lisa, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm great, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. My Um, pleasure. So, the first question I ask everyone is, who did you want to be before you became who you are and why? Who did I want to be? I think I wanted to be Weird Al Yankovic for a while. <laughs> that is so random. <laughs> when I was like, yeah, when I was like nine years old, I think that just seemed like the coolest person you could possibly be in the whole world. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I shifted, I shifted a little bit. Um, <laughs> that didn't quite work out. Yeah. Um, He's the guy that yeah, spoofs I, videos, right? Like he spoofs like yeah, popular music videos. Been, I loved his music. I thought he was such a rock star. I mean, when I was that young, I thought his songs were the originals. So that was my (laughs) my bad. Um, But yeah, I just liked that he was really funny. I've always liked comedians, um, but I'm a little too shy to do that. Oh my gosh, you're like so funny though, which is weird. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're actually really funny. It's easier to be funny in artwork because I have more time to like think of punchlines and images and whatnot. I don't have to like come up with it on the spot. Oh my gosh, I was so going to ask about this as well. So (laughs) there was that. Um, So yeah, one of actually, let's go with that. Um, One of the questions I had was around um, 
your On the Trail uh, article with Wiley. On the Trail with Wiley, should I say? Oh, yes. And, Wiley Dufresne. Yeah, Wiley Dufresne, the chef who you portrayed in some really weird ways, but they were really great because you won an, <laughs> you won the James Beard Award for Humour and Journalism, which is really cool. Um, yeah. So you are clearly very funny, but I was mostly curious about how you named the pasta. Oh, the pasta. Yeah. You mean in that little, that little part where I'm just made up goofy names for the shapes? Yeah. How did you come up with those? That's a good question. I kind of just free associated, I guess, when I was looking at the images. I don't even remember what they are. One of them uh, is like... Bacchelorettini. Um, oh, that yeah. one was shaped like a penis. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I guess I've always liked wordplay a lot. My, my dad is like, you know, he likes to make lots of puns. So I kind of learned to make puns from a young age. Um, my brother also does a lot of wordplay. So uh, yeah, I kind of just like goofing around with things like that oh that's really cool I love puns yeah. I'm not very good at them but I do love them I mean they're awful like there's not like a good pun they're all bad <laughs> I feel like bad puns are the best puns though because they're just really oh, on absolutely. the nose um, yeah I love I do love a good pun I can't lie um I'm a yeah. sucker for them when they when they come up um but yeah sometimes you you what I really love about your work um besides the fact that it is like bonkers um <laughs> is that you have like an amazing uh attention to detail like it is I don't like know how you think of things like that is there something that just comes naturally to you like things like Princess Carolyn has a scratch post on her desk like that would just never occur to me I don't have that level oh. of that attention <laughs> that to detail the, that was one of the very first things I did um when I was uh starting to art direct the pilot for Bojack um as we were looking at Princess Carolyn's office and I was like how can we make this look like a cat works in here <laughs> what do cats like they like scratching posts okay let's just put that in there just like you know little things like that um I guess I, it just comes out of like what I like when I'm looking at artwork. It's uh, the kind of things that you can look at, you know, over and over again and find different things each time. Yeah. So I like hiding little details and uh, just sort of taking my time with that kind of thing. Yeah. That's really uh, yeah. cool. That's so cool. It, it, it pleases me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, um, even in like my daddy dumb eyes where you were reviewing movies, like you picked out like really small details um, and then you kind of exaggerate yeah. them. Like something that really struck out to me was like how many toothpicks you stuffed in Ryan Gosling's mouth oh, yeah. um, when you reviewed Drive. <laughs> and that yeah, was really I random. Think, I think it's funny to kind of get hung up on tiny little details and spin out about them, even though they're not important to the plot, because it really is about like how your mind wanders uh, at certain points when you're watching movies. Um, yeah. and it's really about the experience of watching a movie more than the movie itself at times. Yeah. How do you even track those thoughts? Like, do you, do you, like you mentioned in like one of the commentaries that, you know, you had a notebook whilst you were watching, do you genuinely go to the movies with notebooks? I don't these days because I've stopped doing the illustrated movie reviews, but for a while I was literally just scribbling down notes while I watched them. Uh, yeah, it kind of, it's nice. Like I get a little antsy during movies sometimes. So I think it gave me something to do, which is like part of why I even made those comics in the first place is because I get so like kind of antsy and bored that my mind just sort of wanders. Um, so that sort of became the the source of inspiration, I guess. That's pretty cool. Is that like a self-care thing? <laughs> I guess you could call it that. Um, 
I never thought about it that way until very recently where I'm like, oh yeah, it is kind of an anxiety driven thing. Yeah. My like, I thought I was just a brat, you know, because I get <laughs> bored so easily. So I'm like, oh, I'm so bratty and impatient in every situation. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's partly anxiety. Uh, no, I have anxiety as well. Um, it's not awful like it used to be anymore, but it still kind of just, it just lingers in the it's kind underneath. Of there, isn't yeah, it? it's always it's just there just of, waiting to just to blow up. Out. Yeah. It's sometimes like, can we hang out today? No. Can we hang out today? <laughs> no. Can we hang out today? I don't care. We're hanging out. And then, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess afterwards. I heard you also like bats. Bats? Yeah, didn't didn't you say you like to take uh, baths? Like, isn't that oh, like a way baths. you manage your? Sorry, it's yeah, how yeah. you said it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, my my stupid American accent. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Baths. You baths. take baths. Yeah, baths. Um, Lunchtime which baths. I, which great. I also really like like taking baths. I think it's <laughs> like something about the warm water and being immersed in water is very uh, like therapeutic. I don't know why. Uh, so yeah, we talked about like the small details in your work, which I think have been a delight I was reading um some of your book today at work um before <laughs> I realized that this work the book is not suitable for workplace like no it's not very work friendly depending not... on where you work <laughs> I mean I was working in a solitary office but I kind of had to greet people as they were coming in and out and um, <laughs> there were t- definitely some pages where I was like this if someone was to knock right now this would be very awkward for me yeah um, there's some like genitalia and um yeah <laughs> Yeah. What was like the inspiration for some of those, those pieces? I really liked um, the pancakey strips. Oh, thank you. Those are my favorite. That that was inspired by a bad therapist I saw in New York uh, many years ago. Um, Did she genuinely have a camel toe? This was one of my random questions I thought we'd get to a lot later, but it's on my mind now. No, she, I don't think she did, but I think there was just something about her that felt too like bodily to me, but she was also like very guarded in a way that didn't feel very therapeutic to me like mm-hmm. she wasn't very open yeah she just sucked so that that character is like loosely based on her um and then like all the genitals and stuff I kind of just like to kind of get into like a childlike state when I'm making art and not um censor myself in any way mm-hmm. um so that's part of that is just sort of being goofy and like anything goes and uh yeah I think uh, people kind of respond to that really immature side of me <laughs> yeah that works really well because it you are quite like that on your podcast like I felt like I only really recently started listening to baby geniuses actually oh, right. <laughs> I, I followed all your work and read all the comics um and then I, I listened to the podcast and I was like wait this totally makes sense now it all kind, kind of comes together <laughs> yeah. you and Emily so together are like, like wow yeah <laughs> talk a lot about like butts and farts and poop and like yeah. and yeah we we get there we go there <laughs> This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Um, so Maximum Fun is the network you're on. 
um, I actually met Jesse, the owner of Maximum oh, cool. Fun. He was in London with uh, Julie Shapiro from Radiotopia. Um, and we were on the London Podcast Festival talking about podcast networks because I run a podcast network here. And so he's really oh, cool. cool. I did yeah, not know. He's, he's a fun guy. How did you meet Jesse? How did I meet him? I don't know. I think I must have met him after we pitched the podcast to him. I think we emailed him and then he, he called me and Emily in for a meeting. Um, and I suppose that was the first time I met him in person. It's hard to know, you know, you like you follow people online and then you meet them in person and it's yeah. like kind of unclear. Like I have some people who are like, I consider them my friends and I've only like interacted with them on Twitter. <laughs> That's really cool. That is like yeah. my life right now. <laughs> yeah. I think podcasting like, makes it infinitely bigger than that as well. Cause you end up like with listeners as friends who are not like friends, but they're listeners. And they're yeah. This weird. You really learn a lot about people by listening to them talk. It's, it, it's very intimate in a way. Very, very intimate. Um, I've learned so much about your menstrual cycle. And I've had that weird moment in the street where, um, because I talked about periods like one time, uh, <laughs> someone who met me in person was like, oh yeah. And like when you're on your period, I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> I feel so violated. <laughs> I was like, what Don't are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it was, I was like, oh yeah, that was like on the podcast. Shame. Um, that worked out really well <laughs> for me. Um, so a large part of why I wanted you on the podcast is because you're actually incredibly high achieving. Um, you have done oh my gosh. so you. much stuff. Like, oh God, you, I try. <laughs> you have accolades on accolades. And um, I watched your the talk you did uh, and you were on, is it XOXO? Yeah, XOXO, that's it's right. It's so hard to say that without saying Gossip Girl at the end, but I'll, <laughs> I'll push through. Um, so on XOXO, you were talking... You opened your talk as if you, it was going to be like a really bad talk. And it was like <laughs> the most incredible talk I've ever watched, I think. I don't know why it wasn't Ted. It should be Ted. You should do Ted. Um, I was super nervous. I um, broke out in full body hives like oh right God. before I went out on stage. I was so nervous, but it actually went pretty good. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. It was excellent. Um, yeah. Do you not do a lot of public speaking, even though you do the podcast for like five years? No, I hate it. I hate public speaking. And I actually, I often like have a panic attack, like right before the podcast. And like you, it's funny because I, I panic. Uh, actually, yeah, the, the Sashir and Nicole Byer episode, I was like panicking right up until like, you know, basically the whole time, but you can't tell when you listen to it. Like I sound maybe like a little disorganized in the intro. Um, but yeah, I think there's something interesting about being able to listen to it later and be like, Oh, and it was okay. And you can't even tell like how I felt on the inside while yeah. we were recording. <laughs> you sound, um, you sounded fine. Like I, I personally would. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked Mint Mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, you really can't tell. Like, I sound totally normal. Um, and I make jokes and everything. But, like, inside I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like doing weird stretches and stuff right before we had to record because I just felt wiggy, you know, like you, you feel like a body anxiety sometimes. Yeah. Do you, do you have a way of like overcoming that at all? Or have, Not really. It's just kind of uh, just, you just roll with it. Like I, sometimes you literally, I mean, I, I will just like throw down a yoga mat and roll around on the floor and that makes me feel better. <laughs> That's a good system. Do you just yeah. carry yoga mats around with you? Is that like a thing? No, oh. not yet. I'm not at that point yet. I um, I do it at home. I, I want to bring one into work at some point. If I, you know, maybe someday I'll have more space when I can lay one out. My office is pretty small. Um, yeah, I think it, it just helps to like physically get your body into a different position and like do kind of a silly pose with your body. Like yeah. sometimes I'll put on like um like a dance video on YouTube and I'll dance along to it because, you know, if you're doing like a silly dance, you can't be having a panic attack at the same time, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, body's like, okay, well, I'm trying to dance like Beyonce right now and I look <laughs> ridiculous. So I'm clearly not about to die. That's awesome. That's a really good tip actually to managing panic attacks. Um, I have <laughs> a few weird precursors that I'm having one, which is like, I get a shaky left hand. Um, huh? And so it will just start trembling and it's really weird. And then I have to hold a glass of water in that hand and it has to be a glass and it has to be like a full glass of water. Um, which I think I talked about at, at one point in an episode because it, in my mind, it's like my mom will tell me off if I drop it and smash it. So that kind of really takes oh, my so mind if off you of hold, it. So if you hold the glass of water in your hand, it stops you from trembling? Yeah. And then it kind of stops the panic attack because my whole focus then goes on. Oh, I can't smash that glass. Yeah. Because you have like a bit of a responsibility to like calm yourself. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. If I do, I've done quite a few public speaking gigs now. Um, because as like one of the few podcast network owners who happens to be like a woman and also black, um, people ask me to do stuff a lot and I know it's like, yay. And then also, oh, more stuff. Um, so I that's get asked, hard when you're like, you're like, oh, I have to like represent, but I don't feel like doing this or talking. Basically. Yeah. So <laughs> now I just go into the toilet and just like bust out like a Superman. Um, yeah, which good is, for you. Which is like, which is like a thing that I read where like women should do like power moves that men do. So Superman seems like the easiest one. I just stand and like puff my chest out and imagine that I've got like a massive cake. I don't know why they didn't call it the Wonder Woman actually that seems yeah. odd. The Wonder Woman. Yeah. I read that when you do that pose, it like literally like makes your body like shoot out a little bit of testosterone or something. And I don't uh. know if that's true, but like it, it, your body's just like, okay, I am strong. That sounds legit. I would believe that actually. Like yeah, I could I think buy it's that. Kind of like when you when you smile, like it makes your body feel a certain way. Like it shoots out like different hormones. Yeah. So like if you're feeling bad, you should try to smile. It'll make you feel better. Like just things like that. I think are so weird and interesting. So when men tell us to smile in the street, they're maybe, right. <laughs> they're totally right. <laughs> we should smile because we, we should are do sh- whatever they tell us. <laughs> yeah that's never gonna happen I just want to be miserable today gentlemen (laughs) um so a lot of my 
uh, listeners are like young designers and they're either like at agencies or they're freelancing or trying to um Mm -hmm. what kind of got your start in your career in terms of like illustration and what do you recommend to those that are just kind of like on the cusp or just trying to get on the ladder of getting like regular work it was kind of an accident almost. I graduated art school and I thought I was going to be like a gallery painter, you know, and like have art shows and that didn't happen right away. Um, so I started just doing like pet portraits for money. Oh. And then um, I started doing comics and I got into like kind of the indie comic scene. And then uh, a couple cartoonists tossed me some work. Like I think Johnny Ryan recommended me to Vice Magazine. So I started doing some illustration for them. Um, a lot of it is just meeting people. Yeah. Uh, like when I, when I moved to Brooklyn, I met a lot of other artists and that kind of helped me get some work. And so I started doing stuff for the New York times, um, which was like, you know, a step up in terms of clients and, uh, my, some of my first book illustrations were for Chronicle and their art director just saw my work on a blog. Um, so a lot of it is just sort of making sure your work is out there and visible and having like a website, whether it's just like a Tumblr or whatever, it doesn't matter. It could be like, you know, mine is just Squarespace, but just having like sort of a clean, clear portfolio available. Um, yeah, that was sort of my path that I, yeah, I kind of never thought I'd be like a hardcore illustrator. What did um, you think you'd be it, instead? I, I've always been more sort of self-directed. I I don't really like being told what to draw. I'm kind of a brat about it. Um, (laughs) so I've, I've taken illustration jobs here and there that interest me. Um, and now I don't really illustrate anymore just because, uh, with all the Bojack stuff that sort of takes up most of my time. So the rest of my time I like to spend on, on personal projects. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of ended up being something. I was doing, I I think it's really hard to like make a full-time career out of illustration. Um, I'm impressed by, by people who are able to do it. I think for me, you know, not all artists are the same, but for me doing a lot of different things at the same time has always been a strength. Um, even if it feels a little scatterbrained at the time, um, I get bored really easily. So switching from comics to illustrations to, you know, making like a weird sculpture has always worked out for me creatively yeah that's cool speaking of word sculptures um i had that weird <laughs> nightmare about your clay fingers and moose fingers oh, you had a nightmare about it yeah i think i tweeted you and you were like haha um, <laughs> thanks <laughs> it was really weird it was like all your little clay fingers just moving towards me um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with all your clay fingers now has anyone purchased a clay finger from you yet they're in a they're in a box somewhere. Someone recently asked me if they could buy one or have one, and I was thinking of sending one to them, but I don't know where I put them. Oh my they're god! Somewhere. If you do send a clayfinger, can I have one? Even though it gave me a nightmare, because I would like one also. Yes. I will pay you money for it if if you really no, want. No, you can someone. just have it. Oh, I'll thank just you. send it to you. I cool. think that'd be really fun. If <laughs> I should just wait two years until you've completely forgotten they exist and then just send you one finger (laughs) and then just like the trauma (laughs) of that nightmare (laughs) (laughs) they're really awful no they look really cool like they actually look amazing like you you did a great job on the detail of those clay fingers um thank you (laughs) it's strange that they're not connected to like hands 
but yeah cool. yeah they're severed yeah that's that's the weird part but um yep. I I genuinely I think they're quite beautifully made other than that oh, thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um so a lot of what I talk about is getting people to where they want to be I guess like some people look at you and your career and think crap I really want to be Lisa Hadawal or I want what she's doing yeah um, I totally know how that feels yeah who was that for you Oh my God, just so many different artists. I can't even point to just one. Sometimes it's just like friends of mine where I'm like, oh, what they're doing is so cool. I want to do that. Um, And sometimes it's like older artists who I looked up to or just, you know, film directors or authors or just anyone who just like their work is cool. And so it seems like they have their shit together. Yeah. Um, I constantly feel that way. That that never goes away. That comparison trap. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then just by nature of like working consistently and getting older now I am that person to some people and that's very weird (laughs) I can imagine like has anyone actually like messaged you and been like please let me like follow you around so I can do what you do do you do that do you mentor people or like have them shadow you no not not in person just because I don't need anyone to I don't know I'm kind of private too like I and I you know there's also there's only so much I can do for other people, like I can barely take care of myself. Um, but <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I message back and forth with people who just, I think a lot of people just need to be told that they're like doing okay. You know, yeah. like they don't even need super specific advice. They don't need to be told like what pen to use. Cause it doesn't matter what pen you use. Um, people just need to be told they're doing okay. And they just need to like continue on whatever path they're on. If it makes them feel good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and, it's very easy to feel lost, especially if you're in a creative industry. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sometimes I'm happy to like, you know, I mean, within limits, I'm, I'm not available at all hours, but sometimes I'm like, okay, this person just needs like a little pep talk. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, someone, I think it was Mallory Blackman, who's like a British author here. She was saying that she met, I think, I want to say Alice Walker, um, at, and she asked Alice Walker specifically to write like you're going to be okay in her book because that's all she really needed and like when and she's like well then she used that as like her ammunition to like write all the books and go through all those rejection letters and just carry on anyway so I quite I quite like that story because um it's sometimes you're right it's just a case of just saying like yeah no you're doing the right thing just keep just keep pushing on you'll be fine you can do yeah. it. You can do it's it. It's hard. It's it's hard to do the stuff, but there's no like shortcut. You kind of just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I've been trying to find shortcuts for 15 years and I haven't found one yet. <sighs> I still try and I still fail. Yeah. And you think you'd yeah. learn, but you just don't. I don't think I any shortcut has ever really resulted in great things for anyone, to be honest, either. Never. You always just have to end up redoing it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And finally, for the end of the podcast, um, what's the best advice you've ever received and what's the worst advice you've ever received? What's the best advice I ever received? Um, it was, I was, uh, I think, you know, you probably know this from my XOXO talk and from my comics, but I was complaining to my boyfriend about something and feeling bad about my work. And he said, it doesn't matter how you feel uh, when you're working, it doesn't matter if you feel bad when you're doing it, because the way you feel on the inside is, has nothing to do with what the work looks like and what the end result is. Um, which I'm still working on internalizing that 
that advice, but I found that really helpful. Um, what's the worst advice? Um, I've gotten advice from a couple of people to make my work less gross and less like less swear words and less rude and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've always ignored that advice, um, because it's just not me. And sometimes it seems a little gendered to me. Like it seems like, you know, as a woman, it's like for some reason, even in 2017, it's particularly shocking when a woman, uh, does gross work and that's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, I have no reason to do that. I think if I was like really a commercial illustrator, I would have to like rein it in more and separate my work out a little more so I could like have a child friendly look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like just never interested me. It's not the kind of artist I am. So yeah. Love it. I really like your work. So never change it, please. Thanks. Because it's great. <laughs> Um, I'm so glad um, and thank you so much for doing this like it's been an absolute pleasure Um, so yeah thank you so much yeah so fun talking to you thank you you're welcome oh how delightful is Lisa you can find out more about Lisa's work by following her on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Draws. That's L-I-S-A-D-R-A-W-S or via her website, lisahannawalt.com. You can, of course, catch Bojack Horseman on Netflix and you can find Lisa's podcast, Baby Geniuses, on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can download a free limited edition copy of the wannabe one page business plan and goal setting guide so you can take your ideas and make them real. Visit wannabepodcast.com and select free download. It's only available until January 25th. And while you're there, please do ask us a question for the Prisca episodes. This podcast is created by the Shoutout Network. To find out more about membership, visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. If you've been taking notes from this episode or you've checked out Lisa's work, please do let me know by leaving a review on iTunes. You can do so via your Mac computer or the iTunes podcast app on your iPhone. Hit me up and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at wannabepodcast. And to get extended show notes that shall be dropping today, listing the tools and resources that we've mentioned in this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone involved in creating this podcast, including my new assistant, Wadaily. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I'll catch you again next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.